Start in T minus ten seconds. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. We have ignition. Welcome to another episode of Unconstitutional Awakening. Of course, it's me, Jim Bob Bubble Shorts, and tonight I got Morpheus with me. We brought Carson back, and we also got special guest here, Jeff Vance. He uh, runs Bucks of America podcast, and he's got some other podcast experience there in the back. And like, he's he's an all around cool kind of dude, man. And I figured I had to introduce everybody to him because why not? That's what this is about. So, how you doing? How's everybody doing tonight? Oh, doing fantastic! Thank you for having me on. Awesome. awesome. Oh, let's get this shit so started. So, so we were so, so we were chatting, you know, a little bit before this, and you were talking, you know, like podcast experience and you know, like people you met and stuff. And I think and that's intriguing to me because I think it's just amazing to talk to people. Yeah, it, it's it is. Uh, once you find your calling, and but when you when you really latch onto podcast and you really get your your craft down, you get to, it really opens up a lot of doors. Like you were like when I jumped on, you were talking about my the American Sheepdog podcast. Now now when I got to speak to Rich Graham, Eddie Penny, Marcus Torgerson, even the world famous UFC fighter uh, Tim Kennedy. I'll tell you what, that dude is fucking hilarious. And Raul Martinez Jr., that guy, it's like, if you want to talk about uh, digging in deep with some some philosophy, he's your man to go to. Very, very spiritual. He's a a well-maintained warrior, I like to say. And then Rich Graham out of um, Florida, dude, that guy's a fucking psycho. I don't know if you guys follow him on Instagram, but dude, it's like he he can still go be a live operator as he stands right now. If he ever comes up missing, I think think he must have been saying the wrong thing to the right people hey you know because he's 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 red red, uh retired and extremely dangerous so so you know so i guess you know obviously you know you were that was into like some gun type stuff and then of course you know bucks of america here is hunting and fishing so i take it you're a hunter and fisherman oh i do i do as you can tell i got one i got uh my one and only buck up there, but uh, it's it's gotten to the point stage of my life where I like just being in there and being the now and seeing what all goes down. Last year was a fantastic season for me, and I got to experience life the whole thing. And I like I um, I actually watched because uh, most of the time when I've hunted, I've shot deer in the past, most of them does or whatever comes in front of my way, doing a, as a party hunt. Carson probably know what that means, but running into situations where they all uh, shoot them and they run off, and then then they would expire. Well, this year I did a complete pass through with that up there. And I watched it completely expire. She had a twin with her. And I'll tell you what, watching a doe go from morn 
to back to reality is is very interesting because it's like it 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 only took her about forty five minutes to, but like I'd say about sixty minutes or so because it wasn't really paying attention. Could have been longer, but watching her recognize that her partner, her sister, most likely because there's a doe where I hunt that produces twins, and most likely that was her her twin and. I know I could have taken them both, but I only took one because I take what I need, not what I want. And that's respectable. Yeah. And watching that doe go through the whole thing, walking up to the body and, and recognizing it's no longer there. And then just watching go back onto life. It's like, it's amazing how nature really needs is when the survival mode really kicks in because the doe knows something's off now at this point in time. Carson, didn't didn't turkey season just open up up there for you? I think you mentioned the other week something about going out, didn't you? Yeah, turkey season has been very uneventful for me. <laughs> whoever is who whoever is running my simulation just is fucking with me completely. <laughs> every time so every time I go hunting, I don't see my target animal. I see something weird as shit. So uh, the last few weekends have been consumed with turkey hunting. We got a few. Uh, Trey got a few. He tagged out. We're getting re- uh, we go turkey hunting for me to start tagging out, and we don't see any damn turkeys. When that whole area is crawling with turkeys, when he wants to shoot something, but the only thing I see is the biggest tomcat I've ever seen in my entire life. A mountain lion. As a grown man, I'm, I'm not proud of shitting my pants, but like when you see a 200 pound tomcat crawl out the woods, that yeah. survival that survival mode instinct hits you to the freaking core. It's that whole, <laughs> like it, it'll make you clinch up. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm... And we went bear hunting last weekend and we dropped in, we did what? 6.2 miles in the wilderness of, Idaho, of Southern Idaho. And uh, the only thing we saw was a moose. Dang. Where do you hunt at? Where, so where are you based out of Carson? I'm out of Wisconsin. I live in Mountain Home, Idaho. Oh, um, shit. So you got the good stuff. I got the good stuff. I, I grew up in Texas uh, hunting whitetail and feral hogs. Um, if you go to my Instagram later, uh, you can watch videos of me shooting hogs out of a helicopter. It's uh, some pretty cool stuff up there. Uh, I did a lot of West Texas hunts when I was in uh, down in Texas. Uh, Barbary sheep, uh, desert mule deer, that sort of thing. Um, um, I did a lot of time like in my younger teens – trophy hunting just strictly like i'm trying to shoot a big buck this year off the farm yada yada and nothing in to fill the freezer i would shoot a doe but i would pass young does and get that one bitch doe that does nothing but blow me every day every damn time nothing's better than smoking that bitch when you watch her come in at 60 yards and you know you get to know the deer when you're in the deer stand every day you get to know the deer that travel that area so you can spot her off from a 150 yards away like there's that fucking cunt and then, <laughs> you just and then <laughs> next thing you know your freezer's full yeah so, so let me ask you know there's a lot of people that like follow uh, Jim, Bob, and I's pages that we have together and individually. And a lot of these people have just started getting into things like being self-sustaining, like hunting and owning firearms, like to, you know, people that are looking to like get into getting comfortable hunting. What kind of game would you suggest that, you know, beginners, like people that just know how to basically use a firearm safely begin? Well, that, that really depends on your area. Like, so down where Jim Bob lives over here in Georgia, 
it's uh, one of the things that I grew up hunting on was squirrels, gray, gray squirrels. It's pretty damn easy to grab a 20 gauge. They're pretty plentiful in ammo and you can fill, uh, you know, you can get a decent meal really quickly with gray squirrels. And, but uh, also, also feral hogs are big fox squirrels. That's what y'all call it. I'm saying, well, I'm saying we also got fox squirrels. Like we, not only do we got, you know, good old gray squirrels, but we got these fox squirrels that are as big or bigger than house cats. Likewise. And, and people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, they're amazing. To so see small them. game, basically based on your, on your region is. It, it, like, it depends on your region, you know, like you right. can go out and like a lot of people, their first time hunting here. Like I'm, I live right next to an air force base and I work on the air force base and stuff. A lot of these people will just go out and like, Oh, I want to go kill a mule deer. Like my first, my first shot. And it's these, you know, a little bit overweight guys that are, you know, from New Jersey or whatever, crawling up the mountains <laughs> trying to chase a mule deer, it's it's not going to work out too well for you. Yeah, no. a lot of people out here hunt javelinos uh, mm -hmm. when they're in season. I'm in Arizona. Oh, okay, that's what I was wondering because I, I, yeah. I used to live in Arizona. But anyways, yeah, javelina would be is a, I, it's it's on my bucket list. Yeah, there, I, there's people that do. I think they do bow season and you know the rifle out here. So for javelina, but. Out here in the desert, really, um, the only really small game there is, is coyotes, I, I guess, I would say. Out, out here, we get paid to take out coyotes. So yeah. the, the whole self-sustainability from, like, you don't get much from coyotes. You can get to, like, right. trading their pelts and stuff like that, but you're essentially eating a dog at that point, and that doesn't set well when you're, like, just now getting into it and you bring home a dog to your wife. Um, <laughs> Hey, honey, I brought dinner. No, it doesn't doesn't quite go over too well. What What about right. you, Jeff? What do you What do you feel on this aspect? So, if I was to get somebody interested in doing it, it would be would be small game because it's a little bit slower paced. Uh, you're able to line up and set up on it. Uh, then the next game out to graduate them to is hunting birds. Like with you, Morpheus, down there in Arizona. If you go down there by Tucson, uh, Randy Newberg, he talks all about. Uh, the, the 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 bird hunting down there absolutely amazing bird hunting out there yeah there's you a can, lot of birding down here oh yeah and, you, and that would be the next thing i would graduate them to because that takes a little bit more self-control learning the muscle right. memory of being able to lead your target and then being able to shoot ahead of it and it's 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 not an easy thing to learn but once you get a hang of it it's a blast and and uh you'll, you'll never get used to it it's so much fun it's just absolutely right. a, a, a lot of action do you guys, up here do you guys clean your your catches as well or do you send them off like i i i do my own i know it varies between people oh i do all on my own i do all my own i'm poor so i i will i do all that stuff but it's like i really Same. like doing it i really enjoy getting my hands inside the belly and and whatever else i'm doing or taking the like or the, as they call it, take the shirt off and take the pants off like off of um white sure. or cotton tail and uh, yeah. and squirrel because that's what i grew, grew up cutting my teeth on but i also lived in iowa when i grew up so i got to hunt pheasant but as the CRP less land disappeared, the hunting, the quality dropped. Cause I remember when I first started in the early nineties, it was not uncommon for a guy to shoot over a hundred birds. Then as the, as the, the decade moved on, we got to 2001, uh, 2002, people were barely pulling in 45 birds and you're driving hundred, your, your, your miles driving goes up much higher. And then you have to start looking at getting a bird because you're driving so much. So you have to have a balance to that. So this way, then you're, you're always, you'll get burnt out and otherwise you're just taking your gun for a walk, but it's like, right. Why not? It's, it's beautiful country. Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have, we have feral Guinea down here that 
because there's just been so many years of people having Guinea and such that they're That's just, wild. There's a lot of places that they've just taken <laughs> uh, over the woods and like you, you people go out and hunt them and quail down here. Could it's you imagine being at like someone from not that Listen. state, like tripping in the woods, camping and like coming up on some wild Guinea? Like <laughs> when I, cause I'm not, I'm not actually, you know, from here. I've, I've lived here off and on a bunch of my life, but I, the first time I walked up on a school of Guinea or whatever, whatever you want to call them out there in the middle of the woods, down by the river trying to get some getting my fishing on like that scared the shit out of me because all of a sudden i hear all this weird sound and first thing my mind goes to is coyotes and then all of a sudden these wild looking little creatures come running out of the woods and i'm like what kind of alien shit is this where am i get me out of here (laughs) yeah that's bizarre they are they're they're bizarre little creatures but um you know and there's quail hunting down here and stuff too that's that's where I, a lot of folks down here do start and squirrel, though. That's I'm heading up to Lake Powell this weekend to fish. Good Why? luck, because it's, like, it's pretty low. Yeah. yeah, I know. There's still some parts that are fishable and boatable. And it's good. We're, we're going while it still exists, because it's yeah. going to be gone real well, I was soon. I watched a, a guy that works for the – because out there, they call it not the DNR. We're out in the Midwest, but you guys, it's just uh, – what is it called out there? Same thing. Anyways, what yeah. I'm getting at though is like there, there was like I watched a guy do a breakdown of a chart graph. Uh, he works at uh, he's a geologist in in there. If I, oddly enough, on TikTok, but he's talking about like we've seen these lows before, but we've also and we've also bounced back. So it's it's we go through cycles and we're just now currently yeah, down we've a low had cycle. A couple, we've had about three really weak monsoon seasons out here, so that's mm-hmm. hurt um, fishing and and things like that. But I've lived out here long enough to know that when that happens, when the monsoon does come back in full strength, because we get it every year, mm-hmm. it, it, it comes. It's, it, you know. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> remember back in the early 2000s when I lived in uh, Tempe, uh, what is it, Scottsdale and stuff like when I lived, yeah. in, when I lived in the Valley of the Sun. Yeah. When those came through, man, they were hard. And then also the, the dust storm. Some of them that were, were pretty nasty where you couldn't do anything outside. Yeah. Um, if people are into, you know, hunting aviation, I will say out here, the amount of owls that you see in the wild is way more than you would think. There is a God awful amount of owls and like in some neighborhoods, it's really funny. They're territorial because they lay their eggs on the ground and they watch it from above. And so they're known for harassing people, walking their dogs and things. That That's wild. I've never encountered that. Do you guys still out in Mesa? They're still dealing with the Chihuahua outbreak down there? Because there's a lot oh, of yeah. Chihuahuas yeah. running run the packs. A Chihuahua yeah. outbreak in Mesa? Hold on. Yeah. yeah. I hear about in East this. Valley, there's like feral Chihuahuas. Yeah, and in they... the West Valley, there's like large hordes of feral cats. So. Good Lord. Nature taking it back. Yeah. Pretty well, much. people are just terrible. You know, that's, so, that's, that's what it boils down to. But, uh, yeah, because you don't you don't start up a, a population chihuahuas with the, them running off. They usually get dropped off or someone sure. like that. And they just they pack up and they go from there. It's, it is quite uh, what I heard that here a couple of years ago. It's like, is that it's like, it's like it doesn't it's not that far fetched because they're they're, they're uh, from that region in the, in the southwest in New Mexico and in the, in the southern uh, south, the southwest United States. Mean little shits though, packing up together. They might be dangerous. Oh man, that'd be a, that'd be intense. Like, what do you do? Do you just punt them? It's like grab the steel toes. Let's go. It's like just don't make direct eye contact. Move slowly. 
Good lord. So like, um, I don't, I'm not I'm not one for like a, I'm not one for just killing out a sport, but I think if a hurt of a, a pack of chihuahuas came at me, I think it would be really fun. <laughs> <laughs> Might be worth a few rounds just to just to check out, see what happens. But so so you know we we were mentioning fish, fishing there a little bit. You know, I, of course I'm I'm a big time into fishing. Like I love going. I live close to Lake Jackson down here in Georgia. And there's, you know, tons of rivers that feed into that lake and run off that lake. And I spend the warm months up and down it. I'm big into catfishing um, because it, it's the only thing that puts up a good battle and you can actually do it literally relaxing. There ain't much to it. I, I run, I still run old fashioned tree lines and go up and down the river in a canoe all night, pulling them we, out. That's something pounds. we don't get to do up, up north. That's nice. something we don't, we're not able to do. So it's, I, I'm a little, I'm a little envious because do you know how much time you'd save be able to do that? Man, I, I, live in, I, I love it. I live go in out the, there late at night and like, I'll, 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 I'll make a weekend of it and I'll go out Saturday morning, get camp set up, get lines ready to go. And then by the time the sun goes down, get the lines run up and down the banks and then go back to camp and, you know, maybe have a drink or two or smoke myself a nice joint and then back out to the, you know, back out to the river I'm going to pull in the smallest one you're pulling into. And that is 15 pounds. And I mean, those suckers off the side of a thing is, is a good struggle. Like, and, and, you know, anytime you ever make yourself down to Georgia, I will gladly take you up river for, for a good, you know, go at it because that's, that's just the way I like to go. And it's, it's peaceful and it's quiet. And I'm, I'm I guess I'm a river rat and I will go way upstream because I got the motor. I got a little electric motor on my canoe. I will go way upstream from where anybody else has ever touched and hide in an area that you can't find me for a while. <laughs> Cause, because I, I enjoy it. Like I, the next thing on my list as far as fishing is noodling. Like I totally want to do that because I've seen people doing it and I'm like, okay, I could, I could willingly stick my hand inside of a giant catfish's mouth. And I want to say something to Carson and Jeff, like you guys, you know, doing the type of content that you do is good. We, we need to normalize Yes. Being, being able to, you know, hunt our food. It, it's been like demonized and then people will go buy food from the grocery store made with, you, there's a list of things wrong with the way they do things like corporate stores. And I just think, um, I think that we need to do our best to, to normalize this behavior in society. And I don't, I don't know what kind of grounds you guys have made in your circles uh, you know, or that, I'd love to hear about it. So I guess my circles are, go for it. I'll let you go pretty, first. Sorry about that. Sorry. My, my circles are pretty small. All of us are, all of us are outdoorsmen and hunters and stuff like that. And, um, the hard part is like, we, like you said, up, up here, we can't do those trot lines and, uh, bank lines and stuff that you tree lines, whatever you want to call them. Uh, I used to do it all the time growing up, but I live in a community of nothing but fly fishermen because the water's clear and uh, they have money for some reason. I don't know what they do in Idaho to make enough money to buy a $2,000 fly rod, but I'm interested in having that job. But yeah, yeah. there's the closest river to me is fly only, you know, the interesting, but, interesting. And then you got the big sturgeon over here in the snake river that are just absolutely like they're super protected and stuff, but they, they, they pull some pretty massive, like what there was one that was nine foot long pulled out right by the CJ strike dam. Wow. Just not too far from here. Just nine foot long dinosaur. And that's amazing. Right. But luckily living up here in Idaho, no one is against eating your own food. Just about, I live in a pretty 
rural state, it, you know, the backbone of its farmers and wind farms. So it's just yeah. no one, no one really, no one really bitches about, you know, like my wife doesn't really bitch about me having dead fish in the freezer or, you know, just That's good. Uh, That's unfortunately good. hunting season. Unfortunately, hunting season has been pretty dry the last year, but it's my, but my you doing. Can, you can still feed yourself when it comes to it. Like if if you woke up tomorrow and Walmart was gone, like you were, you're good. You're capable of making yourself a meal, which is, which is really like, you know, goes back to the first time we had John with like prepping and stuff. Like that's that's something important. I think more people should learn about. And you know, there's there's plenty of stuff out there to learn about it. Absolutely. And it's also important to know, uh, my friend over here is going to disagree with me. It's important to know that you can't just, you shouldn't rely on hunting alone right. because you got a lot of people that are going to be doing the same thing. Sure. You know, you know, shit hits the fan scenario. Sure. Um, if anything, you should be hunting cattle off the side of the road. Absolutely. Uh, but like, uh, I, I think a, a farm is very important to sustain yourself in a shit hits the fan scenario. So let's hop back over there to you, Jeff. You were, I know you had some stuff to say there. Uh, so when, when it comes on to my reach, I've been doing my podcast for four years now, five years. So I've got to, I use uh, SoundCloud for distribution. And so with that, I, I get to tap into the market over there overseas. So a lot of people from India listen to it, uh, Ireland and a few other places that actually have a more than more than one listener. And so it, it kind of reaches a little bit all over the place, but uh I guess it's like it comes down to I uh, way I look at it is the amount of hate emails or messages I get, and where where I I'll post something about bear hunting or coyote hunting or something like that, where where they don't quite understand it because it comes down to the lack of knowledge. And so what I'll do is like I I won't explain it to them. I'll I usually have some really good articles that are written either by Steve Vanella or Remy Warren or someone that really has a good way with words yeah. that explains the the necessity of these two particular things. And I'll message them, and it's usually that what helps with change their their position. And then some of them are pretty weird. Like I had one person say that she was part Cherokee and a bunch of other things like, ah, you're not making much sense. So it's like, I'm just not going to, uh, what's the look, um, does she I mean, know what her ancestors did? Like that, <laughs> I don't know. I think she's, she was a little, she went a little too far in the LSD back in the seventies. Oh man. <laughs> I, like you can, I, so growing up in Texas, like you talk about running trot lines and stuff. My great uncle Use, ran the same trot lines that we ran as kids. They, okay. like, we had that same path of river. And one of the uh, one of the stories my uncle tells us is one day they were digging in the dit and that there was erosion and stuff happening, and they're finding these piles and piles of buffalo. And granted, that was the white man doing it and stuff like that. But there's evidence beyond either the Native Americans hunted to live. They were nomads. That's that's how yeah, they. Yeah. That's how I, they I, I, I think really, because, you know, it doesn't really matter. There's a lot of squabbles with the government. There's, you know, people on what they call the political left, right, anarchists, libertarians, ANCOMs, commies, everything in between. But they all have gripes with government. But what a lot of people fail to realize is that if we can't live without going to the grocery store, we're all doomed. Like right. we have to, we have to be able to, to not only hunt, but fish and grow and find water and know if water is safe to drink. I think that these are skills that they intentionally don't teach our kids. 
Well, there, there's yes. a lot of politicians coming out right now saying that there's going to be a famine. There's going to be a food shortage. The mm-hmm. price of eggs, milk, and wheat went up 31%. In Phoenix, in where month. I live, it's the hardest hit with inflation in the nation. And I'm a buy, I get paid bi-weekly. Every time I go to the grocery store, which is every time I get paid, things are more expensive than the pre- previous time. Sure. Never been like that in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and also... I was going to mention. Go ahead, I was going to mention that. Did you hear about the, uh, the chicken coop there in Arizona that got burnt down? They had, or yeah. they had to kill 160, 170 thousand chickens. I mean, that was a big, big hit right there. Yeah, and because of that, fry, fries, which is known as Kroger yep. and other places, they don't. They normally have rotisserie chickens, which is an affordable meal for people. Right? It's like a healthy chicken. It's not. It's like an actual chicken for eight dollars. But because of the all these plants and farms and distributors being, you know, fires and accidental plane crashes and things. Sure. Um, you can really tell when you go to the shelf, I, living in a big city like this, you can see it. Like, I'm fortunate enough to have an income still, you know, but a lot of people aren't and they survive on these things. And it's, it's coming, unfortunately, I feel. You can see it at the grocery store. What's weird to me is that, you know, you can see these grocery stores becoming more and more empty through as time goes on. But every holiday that comes around, they have that holiday's brand stocked. of candy stocked full. Stocked. Well, yeah, they got the poison on deck. Just not what we need to live, you know? Yeah, I, I, I think here in the near future, uh, uh, fishing game departments are going to be pretty much overrun with uh, poachers because of people not being able to, I can't afford beef for the family this month. I can't afford X, Y, Z. People are going to go out and start taking what they need. Sure. And it's, yep. it's their fucking right to do so. I agree. That's, yeah. And then, but then, you know, that's, that's kind of why, like, you know, I'm, I'm glad that I do have these skills. Cause you know, I'm not a, I don't, I don't eat like everybody else. You know, everybody else, a lot of, a lot of folks are three squares a day, blah, blah, blah. And like me, I eat when I'm hungry. I might eat one full meal a day. I, I do a lot of low levels, you know, snacking and stuff like that. But like, like I really like, I hate store-bought fish. Like I, I can't find a store-bought fish that I've ever got that I actually enjoy, but I love pulling it out of the river myself or pulling it out of the lake myself. I think it has, you know, an entirely different taste aspect. 100% taste better. And, and like, you know, and there's, and there's so many different varieties, you know, there's different things I can, you know, get into. I'm, I am very partial to catfish. A lot of people are are not because it, it, you have to go through a lot to get it cleaned and get it tasted properly and stuff. But my granddaddy showed me an old trick with milk, and that's just kind of the route that I run with it. And like, and and but we, oh man, we've also got gar down here, and I didn't hear about until today about people actually even eating them. We always just called them kind of like pain in the ass fish because you know we got these are giant alligator gar that are as long as I am tall which isn't very tall at all, but still like, that's a big damn fish to me. And like this dude was telling me about pulling some in on his trout line the other day. And I was just like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't even know if I'd eat that. And he's like, like it's actually delicious. If you can get past the bones. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like a, a certain, like, like, like pike and how bony they are. Cause yeah. I get, I get gar up here and sturgeon too, as well. We even have a sturgeon season, but it's only one particular lake or one, no one County. And it's, it's it's not an easy task to do it. So, anyways, like that, what we one of our biggest records was 
was uh, speared in like 2017, 2018 at 147 inches. Woo! Yeah, and that and, and it grew, and, and that uh, when it gets that big, like now sturgeon up up north here, they only they grow like cars can relate to this. They only grow an inch a year, so that yeah, fish was 150 in- years old. Yeah, wow. wow. And like, and, and just picture yeah. a nine foot long sturgeon like cars was mean. That I mean that fucker's almost a thousand. Yeah, that's well. They grow. They grow for the first four to five feet. They grow a lot more than one inch a year. During their juvenile years, they'll they'll grow a lot more than what they will like as they get older they're a lot like alligators in that point they, as they get older their grunt their growth stunts okay. mm-hmm. based off their That's, environment i i yeah. assume yeah. yes sure yeah we yeah, you know i mean if, we, if, if you my, put a captive shark in the in an aquarium he's not going to grow to 14 feet you know kind of thing correct yeah and i think it, it, i grew up in michigan so i was lucky i got a lot of great fishing obviously but i think it's you know, it's insanity that people have to pay to fish legally. I don't ever, but it's, uh, I don't, it's, you're buying your right to what? Down down here, we have a lot of pay lakes to get around that. Like you pay, you, you gotta, you gotta pay to fish on a private lake. So, and because it's a private lake, you don't have to have a license. It's not guarded and stuff like that. And and I do a, I do a lot of oh wow, Ooh, what a monster! Good lord, yeah, that's a little one. And then of course my wow, now, that's an alligator place, guard. Mm-hmm. One place that's I do want to go that we have down here that's actually pretty famous, I guess, that a lot of people do know about. Okay, uh, Juliet Lake. It's where the striper bass tournaments take take place for like Bass Pro and stuff like that. Um, like we've, it's it's not far from the house at all. And but there's big regulation on that lake. Like you can't even go out there with anything bigger than a 25 as far as an engine on there. And, and like there's there's probably five to ten DNR out there trolling around just double checking on everybody. It's the only thing that's ever kept me away from over there because it is so hot and heavy. Where I'm I'm used to private lakes, hunting properties, or rivers because you don't DNR ain't coming up and down the rivers where you are. Like you're. They they might come and check some of the populated areas, but they're not going four miles oh. upstream to find some random dude that's basically camping in a in a tarp. <laughs> and, oh man, when when I lived in Texas, I didn't buy a hunting license or fishing license, especially when I was in the youth years. Uh, I paid when they caught me, and they never caught me. So, <laughs> see, I mean, I've, right. I've, I've found our poach. You know. Your, your poachers are going to poach whether they're a poacher or not, you know, whether there's a license in place or not. It's kind of like gun laws. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, people are going to do what they're going to do. you're doing whether... is restricting people that are trying to get out there and <coughs> possibly feed their family well, or. So yeah. Like a lot of my cousins in Northern Michigan, like they hunt. They, that's for food. Like they, they stock up their fridge in deer season. Sure. They make a killing. They every year they go out and they have a full freezer of meat. You know, I don't think people should have to pay to do that. There's there's a big difference between poaching to live and poaching just to poach. Yes. There's yes. your 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 game wardens, your wildlife officers, and stuff like that will know the difference between uh, old Larry over here that just wiped out an entire herd of deer because he's a dick and he didn't want that herd of deer there anymore. Sure. Versus, you know, old Tim, who was, he wanted some venison for, and he took one animal and he just didn't happen to have the tag with him that week. 
you know, kind of thing. Sure. I mean, they, 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 they drag you hard down here for fishing if they, if they catch you out there on some, some of these places. Like, that's, again, that's why I spend a lot of time on private lakes because just whatever. I can, some places I can't here in Arizona on the Colorado River, it's uh, technically illegal to use night crawlers. Really? Really? Yep. Mm. Yes. That's why. You, you can't because they don't want they don't want the night crawlers contaminating the supposedly endangered system. Huh. So so how oh. about it? Jeff, is there any is there any like dream place you've got that you want to hunt or fish or anything like that? Uh you hmm. Well, next next year I'm going out to Nebraska to go after uh, uh, Miriam's, so that's going to be a bucket list check off there. This year I'm hunting for I got my hunting season for turkey is in two weeks, okay. so it's just, so I'm looking forward. To, I have a buddy of mine coming down. He's got a pretty good track record of uh, getting birds, and I have a, I just got off. A, I did a podcast last night with another gentleman out there in uh, uh, North Carolina, like we're on the border of North Carolina, South Carolina, where they was able to. Uh, to tag out in both states so, and got people on multiple birds. I guess when it comes down to it, I, th- I want to get out to New Mexico or someplace out west to go after antelope. And then in my next, my next mo- uh, big t- target will be a, 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 a elk. Either I'd like, hey, to, I'd hit like me, to get hit me up on Instagram when you get done with this. When we get done with this podcast, I'll I'll hook you up. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I, I've always wanted to do elk or mute. Elk or moose or whatever, something big like that. I've done bear. You should you should look There's at getting uh, tags out, out there. And I was gonna, I was going to let to Jim Bob since it's a little bit more uh, economical. If you start putting it for tags in Maine, you're going to probably going to get a higher likely get a rate of getting drawn than out out west because like Montana, it's a once a lifetime one. But up there in Maine, there's a big herd up there. But it's it's kind of a sleeper spot that no nobody really knows about. But yeah. that's that's where. You're, uh, if I was, cause see for me, it's closer to go West and it is go East. So for you just to go North, that'd be a good idea for, it. I've talked to some guys that, uh, are been putting in and hopefully going to get drawn. And, um, there's a guy on my podcast that is, um, his name was Kenny and he had both of his got severe damage to both of his feet where they had to remove below his knee. And, uh, he had, uh, um, who was uh, Randy, um, Randy Couture heard about a story and actually paid for like some like 60% of his bill. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. so it, yeah. so his story made around, and there's they have there's a uh, charity up there where people really send veterans up to go hunting and go fishing, and so they put them on awesome. moose, bear, and, and uh, moose, bear, and whitetail. Nice. They're hunting beer up there. Yeah, yeah beer. Yeah. Oh man, um, my one of my dream hunts is uh, we're actually fulfilling it. I'm taking out the horses uh, to the Selway this September. We're gonna do some some rut this rut elk hunt with the rifles and i am super excited that's awesome yeah yeah that that, that's a freezer filler in and of itself sure oh yeah oh 100 if if you manage to get two of those in a year if you manage to get one in in idaho or montana down there in wyoming that'd be where to go if if i didn't have a daughter that's that's uh, under 10 right now in minnesota i would that's where i'd move is montana just because of the the flexibility of coming Idaho is a slept on state for. No, it's not. It sucks here. Don't move. No, don't don't move move there. Don't do that. (laughs) But the camp, it's pretty legit. Yeah. Our our real estate is 80% inflated. We have the number, the highest real estate inflation in the, in the country. Yeah. Boise and Phoenix are getting raped right now because of yeah. california they're coming yeah. fucking everything up it's that like they can't do anything without fucking something up 
Yeah, it's like, dude, don't come here and ruin our shit with the shit you ruined your place with. Go back there and do that. Don't right. we're closed, man. Like, get out. I heard it's nice some somewhere else. Go to Denver, maybe. Yeah, Idaho is not slept on. It's a cold desert bullshit. You shouldn't come would, here. You know, as in like someone that just likes to camp in the middle of nowhere, though. That was one of my favorite places to camp. Like oh, my oh, yeah. was Northern Great Arizona up by Sholo. Sholo yeah. area. Oh man, just absolutely gorgeous. Northern Arizona is one of the best too. But like I, I wasn't aware of how beautiful it was in Idaho until I saw it. And I was like, this is not what I was taught in school. I need a refund. You know, it's <laughs> this is not <laughs> just potatoes. Yeah. Not this just is not potatoes. just potatoes. Yeah. And 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 that's that's pretty awesome. Yeah, I I did like I said, I wanted to do the uh, you know the elk or the moose at the end of that. I did do uh, I, I went on a bear hunt one time, and that was exhilarating. Like we we won, we got the bear and drug it back down to the truck after God knows how long. But like, if I wouldn't have had a partner that day, dude, like I would have probably died because I caused him to charge because I didn't I did not hit him on a clean shot and he just shook it and ran Ooh. and was coming at me. And the guy I was with stepped out with. A, the big boy rifle and just dropped him in his run and then we had to drag it back down to did he use it like a, a 470 or something yeah yeah that's exactly what he had was a 470 yeah though that's that's the go-to bear gun right there if you're if you're up in, if you're living up there in uh, alaska that's what you carry we were we were in uh he brought me to uh like it was near pennsylvania it was in the mountains up that way so black bears up there yeah, right big, big old, yeah. big old black bears like Big old thing. Yeah, that's what we got here. We got black bears here. We got them down here too. Uncommon though. Black bears are pretty much just big angry raccoons. If you take all the fierceness, <laughs> so of, true. You take all the fierceness of a raccoon <laughs> and make it five hundred pounds. Congratulations, you have a black bear. Yeah, that's yeah. deep. That's a good way to put it too. I love raccoons because they're they're wild little things. We got those down here for sure. Raccoons are anarchists. I love I love watching them in their hands and watching them do shit because they got like human hands and I'm just like this is so cool to watch. They're they're a pretty good emergency meal as well. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. That's where that's where like down here, you know, people make jokes and stuff about the people in the south eating like possums and shit. But that's that's where shit like that was born because sure, in an emergency that. Stuff like that is edible. Like people think the possum's a disgusting animal, but it's actually very clean. The same animal. people who think you that's know. disgusting will eat like some processed soy burger poison, like Duck. weird shit. And beyond the beyond healthy. meat stuff. Yeah, I think they're being healthy at the same time. Unironically, what's the point in making things taste as close to meat as possible if you're against meat? Yeah, it's weird. And why do you call it milk if it? Comes out of a plant. It's not milk. Nut juice. Nut you can't, juice like, essentially comes down to. Yeah. How do you milk a soybean? Exactly. <laughs> Very careful. Yeah. No <laughs> kidding. Oh, so. So, you know, I mean, you know, I, I, I definitely, you know, appreciate you two guys coming on and hanging out with us this evening and, you know, just touch base and shooting the shit. Like, I, I, I do appreciate it. Um. And and I do encourage people out there that are listening to this and stuff like look look into hunting, look into fishing. It might not be your forte, but at the end of the day, if the world keeps going in the direction that it's going, it's probably going to be something extra to yeah, have even in your if arsenal you don't to do. Keep anything, go fishing, go throw a rod in a That's body one of, of the water, most relaxing things you know, you can do. with some a worm on it, and 
see that you can catch food and know that you can because you can. Sure. sure. I know. I love fishing. I always highly recommend that. Like that's just, it's just something to do even if you don't catch anything. So is there anything, anything you got left you'd like to add Carson this evening? So uh, just a funny story. Uh, so my wife grew up in Oregon and Idaho and she's never seen a possum before. And uh, I took her down, I took her down South in a, uh, down in Texas where my family lives and we were staying with my parents and there's a big old possum that eats my dad's barn cat's food. His name is Chuck. Anyway, uh, me and Chuck, about every time we see each other, we know what's going down. He knows that I'm going to catch him <laughs> and cause the, he's just a big fat possum and I just end up grabbing him by the tail and he's, right. you know, they're feisty, but they're not, like you're if you if you're a little agile you can get away from their mouth sure. and stuff like that. Sure. Anyways, I grabbed a hold of this possum and I grabbed him by the back of the neck and Jackie is my wife is dead asleep. That just zonked out. And oh, I turn on the lights in the bedroom, I come in and I was like, "Babe, check out this cat I found." And she had <laughs> no ass. idea what was going on. I've never seen panic hit a woman so fast in my entire <laughs> life. It was the funniest thing. I've ever sure. seen. I might have fucked around and found out if I did that for my girlfriend. Oh, my right? God. Same here. Like, I, I, <laughs> oh. I might not be in here talking to you guys. No, my, course- my, I was going to mention, like, my, my dad used to do shit like that to my mom, but he'd make me do it. It's like he'd find a, a gardener snake or a fox snake and say, oh, hey, God. And she, he'd know he'd be, she'd be taking a bath. And stuff like, it's like, here, go give this to your mom. And she was just like, oh, I, it's just the, the, the stories he's telling me now, because before they divorced, I don't have a lot of memories of them being together. Sure. So when, when, as I've gotten older, he, the shit he'd tell me, the shit he would, do, he would have me do to her. It's like, man, I'm surprised she still loves me. <laughs> oh, man. My mom whooped my ass one time. We were cleaning out an old chicken coop yeah. at the house, and we had a, we have chicken snakes. They're just really long, black snakes. Yep. This one was about – they're harmless. They're just a long rope at this point. And, um, I mean, they, they can still bite you, but being a stupid little poor redneck, I didn't give a shit. So um, – I went up and I grabbed this chicken snake and my brother is deathly afraid of snakes, snakes, spiders, anything creepy, crawly. He hates them probably because of me now looking back on it. But I grabbed this chicken snake out of the chicken coop and I spun it around my head and threw it at my brother and it wrapped around his neck. Like I hit him perfect, like straight bolo shot at him, just whoop, right around the neck. My mom come out of that chicken coop with a broom and went straight to me, just don't you ever pick on your brother like that again? And, and I've uh, I've lost a little bit of my accent uh, being up north and stuff like that. But every time I get drunk, it comes back. And every time I talk to my mom, it comes back. And I remember plain as day, my mom talking in such a southern accent, she wasn't even making words. Yeah, that happens it a was, lot down here. And don't you ever get? <laughs> oh yeah, like, no that that that's definitely a thing. I don't. People may not believe that, but I even catch myself doing it sometimes. And like I said, I'm not even actually from here. I'm technically a transplant, too. I was born in the Midwest out in Missouri and just lived all over and stuff and traveled. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Michigan, man. But I was like, this is a commie hellhole. I got to get out. So um, here I am in Arizona, which is still somewhat a, a freedom state. As far as guns and things are, it, it definitely is. Sure. Um, what are and they don't care if you have a gay wedding armed with machine guns while you smoke weed. 
they really don't. Um, so I kind of like that about here um, compared to Michigan. Hey, Governor Whitmore is kind of a cunt, so it's like a lot yeah, of people leave. A lot of people no exiting. one before her was any better either. She no. just yells louder than the other retards did. And mm-hmm. so, you know, they got almost 70% of the Earth's fresh water. Their major cities don't have safe cleaning, drinking water. That's that's just beyond my level of retardism I can tolerate. Have you, so, have you seen the videos of Detroit recently that everybody's been riding around talking about, look, it's Ukraine. No, just kidding. It's Detroit. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah. oh, and my I God. so hardly, man, like escaping that matrix, even for a different matrix, made me not such a pussy in life. You know what I mean? Like straight up, like I made it out of that. Like, thank you for the experience, but y'all can have that. I'm good. Anything else you'd like to touch on there uh, tonight, Jeff? Oh, I don't know. How long are we doing this podcast for? I, I try to run for about an hour. So, I mean, you're good. To oh, okay. Shit, shit. I'm so trained to doing two to three hour podcasts. It's like an hour. Just like, we're just getting started. Fantastic. We can we can keep running. I mean, I'm good. We're I'm 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 good to run as long as anybody else is good to run, but we'll we'll run till we can't run it no more. Oh, I could talk for hours, man. I do I literally do that for a living, so it's like it's great. You're 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 of course, you know, I'm I'm still up at Covid. You said you're going on four years of Bucks of America. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then doing all the other and do all the other do all doing all my other projects. I did uh, that, and I also did one with my wife called Murder in the Stars, where we focused on discussing uh, true crime and wit when we just get hammered. It was it was great. There's a couple wow. episodes that didn't even air because I got so fucking drunk. I was incoherent. I was like, nope, this is not getting aired because like I like to be a little tipsy, but not that drunk. And then uh, my newest one, uh, Dosed After Dark, and it's like all we do is talk about uh, what's going on in the mainstream media yeah. and, and the manipulation and talk about that and like i was mentioning earlier we talked in my last episode because we only do it on friday nights live and we'll talk in between i think our longest one is three and a quarter hours or three, no, three and three quarter hours yeah, yeah just us know. just talking we got a little we got a little sick face that one we polished off a bottle and a half of, think, of some bourbon i think my longest one so far has been like two hours and 15 minutes but we've we've been trying to we've been trying to balance in between you know about an hour a little bit more because i'm scared of losing people's interest i guess is what i'm you know i'm still i'm still touchy-feely out there trying to get a feel for things and i've really just been playing it by ear by like who i have like if y'all when people keep talking i'm down to keep talking when people are starting to get silent i get worried and i'm like oh god what do i need to do well you know uh I like to say this, I and this is kind of like a deeper point on everything we've been discussing. I I think that the reason our society is the way it is is because these used to be skills taught to children. Sure. Now they demonized it over many years, and now we have a society of people that are scared of tools, they need to be self-sufficient and demand that a state stop people from doing so unless they pay a fee or, you know, do the anal swab or whatever hoop you have to jump through for your rights. And I I think it's, it was intentional. And and that's actually kind of why I was like, I wanted to bring, Jeff on because I knew he I knew he did the Bucks of America podcast. I talk about this stuff too because it's like 
a reason why I started following you on TikTok is the questions you laid and how you rolled out your questions created a, a, a thought of, of critical thinking. It's like this motherfucker channels George Carlin. And so that's why I went with that. But I feel like one of the first, one of the most strongest pieces of a propaganda is, is 1942's Bambi. Bambi was 1942. That was uh, pre-World War II. And we're starting to see the, uh, the that that piece of propaganda coming out there because a lot of men at that point in time were out hunting or out well, hunting for humans, but sure. over there in World War II. So a lot, so as entertainment, that was a good thing for pretty much the, the wealthier middle class, um, upper middle class, because they had the money to be able to do it. I mean, my my grandparents, some of that, they lived in a farm. They didn't have running electricity until the 70s. They didn't have indoor plumbing until the till the late 70s. I mean, wow. their home, their old uh, homestead still out there, but the, the only thing that still remains is their barn. My grandpa had 200 some acres of Iowa premium farmland. They didn't have tractors. They did everything by horse. They, they, they did. He was a, a, by trade. He was a farmer, had uh, let's see, four kids. And then he also had, um, is known for sheep, herding, herding sheep and doing the, the, the uh, trimmings and stuff like that, taking all their wool off and such. That was, wow. that's how he put food on the table. Yeah. Yeah. My great, my great great grandfather came across from Oklahoma down into Texas on a covered wagon in 1910. That's gangster. I mean, I have, I have those wagon wheels as a chandelier in my parents' house. No shit. That's pretty cool. We turned them into, we turned them into chandeliers. They were, those wagon wheels were used up until the 1940s. Those same wagon wheels, they were used as farm equipment because that's what he did. He got his 152 acres and then he went and he slowly bought more and more land. He had kids and they bought more and more land and they've stayed in that area forever. Like uh, Milam and Robertson County in Texas is a very rural uh, white trash counties, but the, <laughs> like the landowners are pretty much my family in a, in a, like in a large corner of that. Yeah. And um, there's an old wheat back penny that was used as a spacer on that wagon wheel when it started to wear that's still in that wagon wheel. I wish I had a picture of it, but I would, I would show you guys, but it's that's, a beautiful wagon wheel that my mom has on her front porch. Just that's, flips the light on. There's great, great grandpa. That's super wild. And, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, that, that, but stuff like that's cool. And you know, you're talking about like, you know, just in the seventies. And I mean, that's to me, that's still not that long ago. I mean, I, I realize it is now, but, you know, because we're in 2022, but like, still to me, the seventies isn't that long ago. And to, and to hear that, I think it probably is surprising to a lot of people to hear that they didn't have electricity or plumbing then. And I, I actually find that common when you're looking into history, it wasn't spread. There, there's still areas it's not spread to, believe it or not, even, even in this country that there isn't a, you know, you can't just get an electric pole electricity out there right now. Mm-hmm. Which is the, probably the better option to do because it's like this way that you can be more self-sustaining in the whole process here. Because I figured it's like the like my experience with running a, a multiple people on a podcast. It's like I always like going a little bit longer because it gives people a chance to see the spotlight. Because oh yeah, we haven't got a chance to talk about what happened today with um, with the Roe versus Wade. Uh, announcement with the the political release and that, but then it was just it was just a smoke screen to cover up uh, two thousand mules that the documentary that released today, right. It's all a smokescreen, and they want people to riot again. What, what it's riot season. You got to hang up your mask and, and get out your bricks placed by high-level spook agencies in major cities and be mad about something to justify the police getting more also, military grade weapons. They also weapon. announced a death today to throw into the mix to throw people off, too. Uh, oh, a Judd. 
yeah, the judge, Naomi, woman, Naomi the mom judge, died. She, the mom yeah, died. she committed suicide. But it's like yeah, that's not a very common, especially th- at her age with the amount of right. kids she has and stuff right. like that, and the amount of grandkids she has. Is like she's. I don't. I don't know very Decided many grandmas that are going to give it up. Like, like three. That's three, what they said. They c- two months ago now or less, she was at another award ceremony accepting an award, mm-hmm. and, and then now she turns around and is about to be inducted into the Hall of Fame and decided to kill herself. Yeah. Yeah, that doesn't add up. Questioning. Call me a conspiracy theorist, you know, tinfoil hat guy, because I am, but there's no coincidences in this simulation. Yeah, we're, we're, we're spoiler alerts. That's what, we, that's what I, I don't like. The, it's, that's, that's a new trend right now. We're spoilers because what we're talking about now will come true in a few months. Right. Absolutely. I'm just waiting to find out. I was wondering, like, well, is she involved with any sex trafficking? Because they're pretty known to go after people that are part of those organizations, especially with Chester Beddingfield and uh, Chris Cor- uh Sure. Chris Cor- yeah. uh, What's his name? From Chris Soundgarden. Yeah. Chris Cornell. There we go. I got to actually got to see him, his yeah. second to last um, ever concert. And it's like that woke my eyes up to where it's like I never know in the simulations. It takes somebody to appreciate. kill himself in the city I grew up in, Detroit, was deep to me. I was like, dang. This is my you planned my this is my Alex Jones was right uh, coin thing from today. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, just he's pretty much my spirit animal. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. That's you know. In fact, you know, Morpheus here's got like experience being dealing with Alex Jones and stuff like. Yeah. Um. uh, Real quick. Um. The bat a long time ago. Um. The Bohemian Grove thing. There was uh. You know, some of us. Uh, that did, you know, a distraction and got arrested on no charges and they got in. Oh, back in 2000. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember that expose. They were young cats. He used to go to different major cities in the United States and just speak on a speaker over an ice cream truck. And he would, and it, it was wild. He was talking about things like Ebola when I was a teenager. <laughs> When I was a teenager, he, he taught me about, and I'm 40. When I was a teenager on his, on his radio shows and he would show up on George Norrie and Art Bell, Coast to Coast AM, they would let him do a takeover and they'd yeah. give him like one to three hours. And he would just come on and break things down like geoengineering in 2000 before that was widely accepted reality. Yeah. And it, like I, the guy could be a gatekeeper. Absolutely. Right. I'll put my personal like for the guy aside. Could he be a gatekeeper of information? Absolutely. But in my opinion, I don't feel he is. But, I, you know, I could be wrong. I feel he's a genuine human who's done some questionable things like the rest of us. Right. Had some questionable dealings like all of us. And then he's realized the truth that you have to be (laughs) pro-human. We can agree to disagree. Yeah. But we got to be pro-human together to get yeah. for things to get better. And I think that's something anybody left, right, purple or polka dots should be able to agree with, I would hope. Your guys' uh, conspiracy theory level and knowledge is so above mine. I've been having a lot of like mental health issues here lately and stuff like that. And I've, since then, I've turned off the news. I've turned off the Alex Jones, kind of just dial back and just worry about myself. And Sometimes stuff. you got to. Yeah, absolutely. And so hearing like a lot of these stuff, like you telling me, uh, Jim Bob telling me about the, um, the fires, about those food processing plants and stuff like that. That was news to me. 
And mm-hmm. then ever since I started talking to you guys, my for you page is just nothing but nothing but conspiracy theories. And I was like, oh, they finally put oh, me on the watch well, list roster. Well, I was about to say, yeah, you talk to us, bro. Like you're you're welcome just aboard in your feed and welcome aboard. I'm sorry. Like I don't mean to get you on a list, but I, I I've gotten to the point now where I'm like, oh, they excuse me, sir, them. you've had too much to think. They 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 just keep creating new lists, and I'm like, why do you just have to keep creating new ones to add my name to? Hey, for just, some reason, can we make it like a LinkedIn and just put it all in one place? Like, I'm, I'm tired <laughs> of for some reason, I've gotten an algorithm boost by Zuck on my Black Pill page, which doesn't make any sense. But hey, controlled opposition this go around. Yeah, I'm controlled opposition for a while, so I'm enjoying the reach. The justify. I'm a scary anarchist to justify the existence of police, you know, killing citizens and arresting you for plants. Oh, oh, you, 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 sir. I, you smoke marijuana allegedly, so you yes. are, you are taking part of a gateway drug that can make you violent <laughs> and make you all sorts of crazy. Um, you're just. You're, it's gonna make him. It, it's gonna make him. Want to kill grandma? Yeah. Yeah, oh, you're God. a. You're a you're you're a We're you're a case going to happen. You're you're a you're one you and your bioweapons. The <laughs> one conspiracy theory that I went on a rabbit hole, like went down a rabbit hole with and just absolutely blew my mind was the Las Vegas shooting. Oh yeah, me too. Oh dude. Like okay, uh like if you've ever heard a M two forty Bravo go off, it's a very distinct sound. And they're telling me he did it with AR-15s, with bump stocks, and yada, yada, yada. No way. There's no way. How did he remove the hurricane glass glass in the hotel that they have for, you know, monsoon seasons out here with hurricane-force winds? (laughs) So, dude, none of that. They, again, whoever they are, they, again, sacrificed human American citizens that had nothing to do with whatever op they were covering up for. Uh, and that just shows that, that we're, we're not valuable to the people that lead our country. Well, and, and, well, and to, well, at all. to me, it well, shows his, that his really brother are. was outspoken about this, not being him, yada, yada. Like there's no way he could do that sort of thing. And then all of a sudden he had two terabytes of child pornography on his thing. I know on, on, a, on a computer that couldn't even hold a terabyte. <laughs> the computer wasn't even capable of holding that. It was an old computer. <laughs> what What about you, Jeff? What's your What's your favorite conspiracy to jump into? Ooh. Well, getting back to that the, the that show, the one of my guests, Alec Quackenbush, he was there. He was a survivor of the. Uh, he wasn't injured, but he was there when everything went down. Thank so God, it's amazing how the shit works. Know, but uh, I how let's see here. Been following Joe Rogan and, and Alex Jones for so many years, and and Jesse Ventura. Because I mean, I lived I lived in the state when Jesse Ventura was the uh, the uh, governor. Uh, governor of Minnesota. So yeah, uh, I guess right now it's just the whole, th- just like the most current one, the most active one is going after Gisley Maxwell, and you know that whole that whole breakdown right there. The fact that nobody's gone down their uh, his black book yet, nobody's been prosecuted yet or arrested from it sure. uh, with the whole PizzaGate stuff like that. And then oddly enough, the Supreme Court justice that was there, what was the the preceding judge on that particular case, gave everybody light lenient sen- sentences, and now she's a Supreme Court justice. Like what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Right. So, 
and this and this whole attack and this whole thing bringing up on with pedophilia and stuff like that. And it's like I was me and my buddy Brady were talking about it. Whatever happened to Chris Haynes? And it's like they found a DA that that hung himself and then. He, they got sued and they, and they lost, which is weird because they caught the pedophile because he committed suicide before his arraignment. Yeah. So yeah. I just think it's like it was just a matter of time when a DA or a senator or House of Representative or a mayor or governor is going to be picked up. Sure. And that's yeah, why we don't that's why we no longer have it, because he's eventually getting too good. And he was working yeah. out because I remember growing up that they were used to do um, sting sting operations, like do giveaways and such. But that was a way to bring people out that had uh, back child support or what's what I'm looking for. Uh, felonies or rest warrants about like that to get them to come out of the woodwork and go from there. Or they used to put certain weird programs where they'd call them up and stuff like that really call somebody and just kind of make the whole uh scam or make the whole um sting viable you know making the advertising for it the whole nine yeah yeah dude. well I see, i've been i've been seeing guys on there's actually a couple guys on tiktok that have been doing their own version of chris hansen and like you know catching people through text messages and emails and showing up on them i was just watching one earlier today actually that was like a north carolina senator that they caught doing it and he was like it's like, oh, I was coming there to tell them that they needed to go home. And everybody's just like, dude, you're so full of shit. Like, we all know why you were coming to talk to a 12-year-old girl. I, I think one thing that everyone needs to keep in mind, even if it's something that makes us feel good, right? If there are all the media outlets are talking about it and all the counter, supposed counter media outlets are talking about it, it's part of Operation Mockingbird. Sure. It is for real, but, and that you got to even people that any of us may or may not look up to, right? They're humans too. Okay. If they get caught up in the narrative at that time, we got to understand, yes, we trusted these people for information for all this time, but right now we can't. They're compromised, whether intentional or not, right? because they're repeating the same, they're parroting the same talking points and counterpoints because those talking points like Elon Musk, he just replaced Trump as the trigger machine. There's legitimate criticisms about the guy and there's legitimate things that he's done good, but no one cares about either of those things. They, and that is what the PSYOP is. That's how you know it's a successful PSYOP because this is the Elon Musk debate is not about his provable fucked up dealings or his provable great things that he's developed. It's about none of it. It's about mean tweets again. It's about mean tweets again. That's all this is about. And it's retarded. And people are missing out that, you know, food processing plants are being destroyed. That people that have breastfed their children after being vaccinated, their breastfed children are developing liver disease and liver cancer at 45% higher rates than children that didn't have breastfeed from a mother that was vaccinated against COVID. And they don't hide it. They put all these things in the news. So you can, you can't say they lied to you or didn't tell you, but then they put the shiny thing out there like Elon Musk or Joe Rogan or Will Smith or, insert Amber Heard pooping in a bed, whatever it is. And that's how they control the narratives, even the narratives and conversations that people have. 
they'll watch a talk show and they're told what to talk about with their friends sure. and family. Sure. Mm-hmm. It's all programming. It's all words to cast a spell. It's like it's uh, Bradley. He's a, a renowned business ma- management and he wrote, it came out a book about training to unfuck your brain. Essentially. Yeah. I don't, and that's a whole, his whole thing about it. And it's just um, remarkable what, what words can do to a person. And then what the, you know, how you're talking about the liver disease for children. The first person, the first kid that died was here in Wisconsin. They just died last week or two weeks ago. So, yeah, but I think that makes I think, me sick. I think what's going to happen is like what the swine flu did with AIDS. Swine flu was what the, what, what um, the AIDS virus turned into is from that vaccine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what, or no, it was um, yeah, people, even people that had smallpox, it smallpox right. vaccine. It was a right. smallpox vaccine. There's articles written by you. You can still find them knock on wood, but it's uh, there. That's what they're, what, what that, that's what it turned into. So I think now we're going to have a new hepatitis that's going to be, that's going after livers. Cause I know the, the doctors out, I, mean, I don't know if you guys have seen uh, in the wa- watch the waters that mm-hmm. came out. Yeah. You guys watch that? I don't the sci- the doctors, before. Yeah. The doctors there in Arizona, the ones that found yeah. the, found the venom that they yep. used. And it, it is in like the op here was to scare everyone of COVID. Okay. They created COVID to be transmissible. Okay to scare you into these shots that are not what people think vaccines are that actually change what you are on a molecular level. And this is an, uh, this is a depopulation event and they're going to blame everything, but the vaccines, they're going to blame the bird flu. They're going to blame this they're gonna blame that and they're gonna normalize it like they write articles like why heart attacks in children and athletes isn't abnormal like yes it is <laughs> it's been a <laughs> Just couple because weeks. you or someone wrote an article doesn't mean it's true guys children and athletes in their prime i'm not a soccer fan but soccer athletes pro soccer yeah they're top tier shape okay sure. mm-hmm. they don't just fall dead they're highly conditioned. They eat like gods. They're paid a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like they, their body athletes, is their money. Athletes like that don't suffer from uh, myocarditis. Right. Or That's my point, guys. It was a couple months ago now, but that comedian, she was up on stage talking shit about how she was all vaccinated. Oh, yeah. Blah, and then she like fell out right there. Yeah. Like, I got a 90 day stop. For, yeah, I know you got a 90 day that for video that. Yeah. on our page. <laughs> I haven't seen that video, but that's fucking hilarious. So I am active duty military. I don't speak on behalf of the government or any military branch, but um, I'm unvaccinated. I have a religious waiver I'm trying to be approved right now. It's in the, it's in the works, whatever. And, um, None of them have been approved. None of them have been, well, a lot of them have been denied, but none of them have been approved yet. And so it's weird. Like I'm an unvaccinated person in a group of just sheep that had to take it because they like their steady paycheck, you know, and they threatened us all with the, Oh, we're going to kick you out. We're going to kick you out. We're, you're going to get out. We're like, don't follow the orders. Like we, you're not going to be healthy around our guys. Like that, then we can't, we can't have you here. Um, I'm required to take a COVID test every, every week. Uh, they refuse to tell me where the data is going. They refuse to tell me if they're even keeping it as data or like, Hey, Oh, Greg's good today. Like, you know, like kind of thing. They don't, 
they don't use any of the data that they're taking from me. Like, and being unvaccinated, I've watched COVID make its rounds through the seat because all it is is a seasonal flu. And I'm watching these guys. Oh, all these vaccinated people have COVID again. Mm-hmm. Guess who didn't? Me. Right. <laughs> like I, I lost my job right out the gate because I refused to mask, and then like started TikTok and adventure. Yeah, I changed thing. to remote work, so it wasn't an issue. And uh, at my employer now, that will remain nameless, but they're well known. I was one of the first employees there to speak the upper management and tell them that they weren't following science. And they since changed. They they not only did not implement the vax mandate that they said they were going to, but they reversed their policies on masking for employees. And they're a Fortune 500 company. So that there there's people still <laughs> out there trying to be the adults in the room, but we need more of us. And, you know, like all of us here, there's probably some issues that none of us would agree on, but that's okay. We don't have to. We can all still respect each other's like human rights to, to be able to provide food for themselves, to have safety, to not steal people's shit. And I, I just think that this having these conversations is how we show other people that they can do it too in their day-to-day lives. I got luck. I got uh, a uh, my religious exemption and stuff like that. And Carson and I have a company in in common. So, but we'll uh, we'll we'll when, when we start recording, I'll tell Carson the common uh, denominator there because it's like uh, it is because uh, I work for a Fortune five company, and so we play a big role in a lot of the stuff. Anyways, that but yeah, I got it too myself, and it's like I was very surprised because I thought they were going to blackmail me into doing it because it's like mm-hmm. at the same time they're they were withholding my job promotion, so I wasn't quite sure how that the cookie was going to unfold there, how that cookie was going to crumble. But I still managed; they still let me get my get my promotion, get my raise, get my get keep my job. They approved it and uh, went from there. Now the nice thing is I have a friend of mine that uh, is also has the same mindset we do, and he knows the uh, district attorney up up in up north of me here in wisconsin that's been taking companies to court and winning that's pretty awesome yeah and i was shocked you know i'm black pill to the point that's why i go by black pill on the internet um to the point that i've really lost hope in the system doing anything good but i will stand corrected over like the last year and a half there's been some judges which is crazy even crazier to me that have said, nah, this is too much. Like, y'all are off the deep end. All it takes is a little bit of defiance. Mm -hmm. A little bit of, hey, you need to do this. You need to get this. You need to get that. All it takes is a little bit of defiance to be like, no, fuck you. From a small minority group. And you'll watch them. They back off. They fuck off. My favorite is, you know, I I did. I was, was, you know, I guess you'd call me anti-mask or whatever, but I, I... I did not and have not and still refuse to to this day, even if asked, ever put on a mask. And like there was a couple times I remember walking into places. I remember I was telling Morpheus one time, I went walking into Goodwill and we walked in and the lady like screamed across the room. She's like, you gotta wear a mask. I'm like, are you gonna come over here and make me? And she didn't say another two words to me the entire time. <laughs> like, I mean, you gotta, you do, you're right. You gotta show them some defiance. And you know, I mean, again, I'm not going after people out there. Like, I do kind of think a little lowly of you if you're riding around in your car by yourself with a mask on your face. Dang. I saw that a but lot here. What's your prerogative, though? But you like, know, you're not but being yeah, paid. like you're. 
but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not against people that still feel they want to wear one in public. Yeah, like want to go for it. Like, like, if you, you want, like, you want to get 47 booster shots, knock yourself out. Okay, go for it. but go don't force let's it on me. not make it mandatory for children to have them to go to school. First of all, because that becomes taxation without representation, right there, for the status for people that like the government. That right there becomes. If you're telling parents their kids can't go to school without a medical procedure, and this goes for all vaccines, and I'm not against all vaccines. I know some have been helpful to humanity. However, if you're telling a, a, a parent their child is denied access to schooling because of such thing, that's literally you're collecting taxes from that person for a thing and not providing it to them. That's literally theft. Here's something we might tickle you guys here. The the the, the my, my my place where I live in Lacrosse, they're actually thinking about combining the two high schools because the enrollment has dropped. I think that's, that's beca- I think there's because of the the a lot of kids are a lot of parents are waking up and they recognize that how expensive they are. They're resorting to homeschooling to kind of pull them out of the out of the matrix and have them kind of like a a nice uh, reset. So that gives they me can, hope. Yeah, so it's a it's a good sign. That's what's going on. Plus, it's pretty easy to teach kids these days with on it, and like, and especially if you pull them out at any point in time. I want to get my kid out of it, but I work. It's just it's just I have to I have to jump through too many hoops. I understand. Yeah, but it's I admire any parent, right, who decides like, hey, I'm gonna homeschool my kid, and they they put time towards educating their children. Good for you. I don't care what your political ideology is we, or we lack thereof. With all the and you know Good that parenting. you know you yeah. know that when all this went to shit, like my my oldest two were in like the early stages of school. One was in like second, one had just started kindergarten, and then all this you know shit hit the fan, went ridiculous. And my my wife was like, you know, I, I'll homeschool them, and I was like, fine, bet. So she yeah, we 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 cut we cut the cord from the state with that, and we've been running it here and like we've we've realized we had to slow down because if we kept trying to do everything that they standardized out for us to do because you know there's certain curriculums and stuff that they expect that they know because you know or they're going to show up and take your kids because that's how the state works but like you know we 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 were getting too far ahead like my my six-year-olds in here doing things at on like a middle school level already and i'm just like oh crap sorry buddy and like he's of course he's he's my biggest fan i've had to push him off a couple times while we've been sitting here because he's he likes to sit here in his pirate hat and his hawaiian shirt and make anti-government videos too like i I talk about him in the group chat all the time and it's the most adorable thing i've ever seen and but it's great because like i'm glad to see him learning things and not actually getting indoctrinated because i think the unlearning process from the time you end your school indoctrination until the time you reach the point of guys like us or whatever that get it see what's going on is is a loss of life because sure you had a bunch of great things going on in like the high school days and stuff and friends blah 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 absolutely i'm not trying to take away from that but like what did you really learn and what did you still use like they they took away all the good stuff and are continuing to take away all the good stuff and leaving you with teachers that are quitting because they want to tell you if you're a boy or a girl now, like, yeah, does it, I, stop? it doesn't in schools. The, the problem with schools is the department of education. 
That and Mas- isn't Massey doing the whole let's let's defund him again thing this year. Yeah, well, his bill is really simple. It says that it shall terminate. So if it gets, it's there's no other wording in the bill except for it will terminate in a date. That's it. Very. That's the way government's supposed to happen. Like yeah. it's not supposed to be a four thousand page document. That no one outside of like three different master's degrees is going to be able to translate into the English that it actually means and not legalese. That's not how, if we're going to have a government, I think we could all agree that the rules should be understandable to everyone. And we need historians, not lawyers in office because historians are at least in a and those ones, the nice ones, the best part is you can spot the ones that are f- trying to push the narrative and you got the ones that actually want to challenge everything. And like, when do we need to remove this, remove this because of X and Y and Z, like having like bringing like a guy like Dan Carlson. I mean, he would be a genius because he understands World War One, World War Two. He's written multiple papers. Yeah, his podcasts are insane. The same mistakes. I think that's pretty important. Yeah, I, that, I've never actually heard it put in such a way, but I actually like the way you put that as having historians in there because you're right. They're gonna they're gonna be in there, actually being a check and balance system instead of being. Yeah, like uh, look, look, dudes, they already did this and it failed miserably. We're not doing it again. Like exactly see it right here. <laughs> and we'll be able to go in and, and the ones that are crackpots we know they're doing a shitty job we just get rid of them I mean, we bring in economists too that that, are, that are want to actually come up with plans of, of the wants to come to work make sure it works and if they don't do it we kick them out we fire them we just keep them on out and we get rid of all this politics we get rid of the, all of these uh, lobbyists and stuff like that we probably see a big change yeah, real quickly it's a society I, of rules without rulers it's, mm-hmm. it's what we could all as humans live with and it's happened their history has proved that you know throughout time and then these societies like ours build up and they collapse because they're corrupt mm-hmm. and it starts again and i just want people to to know out there that there's going to become a point that if we don't start working together politics are going to be irrelevant and you're going to wish that we had these problems to argue about sure. um is where we're heading because everyone's too dependent on our government to live. Exactly. And it, right now, the worst part is there's so many people that are so entrenched into the matrix that they will fight to keep the matrix going, even yeah. though they know it's going to eventually going to kill them. It's, it's, yeah, they know it, but they don't, they don't want the uncomfortable reality. Mm-hmm. Which would probably would, would make them stronger, anyways. That's mean. That's why Carson and I go out hunting because every time we go out there, and we encounter something, or even with Jim Bob here, we, we're always we're always uh, con- going after conflicts and overcoming it. And, and if we come home with something, we that's success. If we don't, we learn something. Yeah, it's, it makes you a stronger person. There's always an experience to be learned from any adventure you go on, for sure. Um, like a lot of people are going to be suffering when there's no AC units, there's no electricity and stuff like that. And they will fight their damnedest to keep that matrix going because they like living comfortably. Who doesn't like walking into a fucking room and flipping a switch and the lights come on. Right. It's an amazing comfort that we have in society. Like I, I have a refrigerator that sits right there and keeps my food nice and cold and preserved for weeks on end. And it'll keep going as long as the grid's up. But as soon as shit hits the fan, 
who's going to be paying those guys and what are they going to be paying to keep that grid up? You know, right. it doesn't matter if your electricity comes from wind power, your hydroelectric, uh, solar, whatever. Those, there's still a lot of people that power those machines. They power that equipment. Unless you live isolated by yourself, completely 100% off the grid, you are being affected with your Definitely. daily comfort. Sure. Definitely. And, 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 you know, this is – this. Guys, this is this has this has been absolutely excellent tonight. And I know, I know, like Morpheus over here, he's actually got to get onto some other things this evening. And yeah, my dog. And I hate, I hate to cut folks and stuff, you know. But Jeff, I absolutely would love for you to come back another episode and sit and chat with us. You can join us anytime. Same, Carson. Jeff, of course, Carson. You Thank already know the invites out there to you. Um, you know, guys, I'm gonna put a link up here where you can find Jeff's podcast and you know check him out too because I like what he's doing over there and he's got some great interest and stuff that's going on out there. And again, I appreciate you guys coming on this evening. It's been, it's been so nice having you guys just to sit here and just BS with like occasionally. I mean, yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thank you both yeah. for coming on and spending the spending and everybody time out there, you know, again, appreciate you guys listening to unconstitutional awakening across the board, wherever you are. And we'll check out you guys next time. Thank you. Thank you.